Turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians, the first chapter. I'm going to talk some today about the foolishness of preaching. Let's start at verse 17, 1 Corinthians 1 and 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this, this world? Has not God made the foolishness, made foolish the wisdom of the world, of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, and to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound found the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. First, why did God choose to save sinners? For his glory. God's creation was very good. And we know what happened to it. Man rebelled against the Almighty. God will make it better. In the final analysis, saved man will be, of course, the the crown jewel. The only problem that the original Adam and Eve had was they were subject to rebellion. They had a free will. Man today don't, he's free to act in the nature of his will that he has, which is lost dead in trespasses and sin, Adam could choose to do right or wrong, and he did wrong. Body, soul, and spirit will be redeemed. Not all, but, but of some. 
Over in the book of Isaiah, the 45th chapter, the 20, 22nd, I'm, I'm in the wrong book. I'm in 55. I thought that looked kind of odd. Isaiah, 50, Isaiah 45, 22. <clears throat> Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Verse 21, Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord, and there is no God else beside me? A just and a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Salvation is of the Lord. We know that from the book of Jonah. Now God does not save the sinner just simply because he's a sinner. If he did, he would have to save all. God does not save the sinner because the sinner came to Christ because it took God bringing him to Christ. We know from John 6, no man can come to me except the Father which sent me, draw him. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. God does not and did not save any because of their baptism. For at least one was saved that did not have scriptural baptism. That's the dying thief. And there's many that are lost that did have scriptural baptism Judas for, for one God does not save the sinner because they're of their morality because they don't I mean we might be good before men but before God God demands perfection man's man's a sinner before God well for all have sinned Romans tells us the rich young ruler that come to Christ Christ sent him away sorrowing. That young ruler had kept the word of God according to his own statement from his youth. That's not why God saves. Christ made it plain there in the book of Luke. Rejoice not that the demons, the spirits, have you have subject, or they are subject unto you. Rejoice not but rather that your names are written in heaven. That's in the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. He had, they had power to over scorpions, the enemy. But rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He chose to save man for a purpose, as I said, for his own glory. It's that simple. We think about the woman at Jacob's well. Had five husbands. And she was living with a man, so you know what that made her. But Christ granted her repentance and faith because it pleased him to do so. In Romans chapter 10, verse 20, 
But Isaiah is very bold and saith, <clears throat> I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But unto Israel he saith, All day long have I stretched forth my hands into a disobedient and gainsaying people. Consider what makes God what he is. It's his attributes. He's immutable. It's unchangeable. He's eternal. Always has been. Always will be. All wise. Omnipotent. All powerful. <clears throat> if everything happened by evolution and chance and there were no God, then tell it like it is. There wouldn't be nothing else either. Because order does not arrive from disorder. We cannot really describe his attributes quite like we ought to because we're finite sinners. Isaiah 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now man thinks he's got to get all he can and can all he gets. He wants to have the wealth and he, he only lives a few brief years on this earth. Eternity is forever. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do we begin by telling everyone that God loves them like the popular big name army and preachers? Many do. God loves you. God loves his people. I don't mean that they're not going to be subject to trial. We always point to Job for that. Psalms chapter 5, verse 5. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of inequity. Psalm of David. Of course it's true. Romans nine thirteen tells us that God loved Jacob but hated Esau. This is before they were born. Some preachers like to call mankind, that's all men and women, God children, and God loves all of them. There's no scripture that tells us that. All listeners are not all saved. Now, if we read... There in Romans chapter one, we're talking about our study is the foolishness of preaching. Verse sixteen in Romans one, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. Over in the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. For, 
four, Hebrews 4, 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, the, them that didn't make it into the promised land, the lost. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Both lost and saved heard it. I mean, it, it, there's lots of people that's left this world lost that probably outwardly heard the preaching of the gospel. I didn't say they heard it in, inwardly. It all boils down to the same thing. Their names were written in heaven. And go one step farther, that famous chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. What was it Christ said? Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? It's God's choice. We all know that quite well. There are the preachers that preach that since you're a God child, the devil hates hates all God's children. Well, that's probably so. But God is greater. He greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. The Holy Spirit is far greater and has His way. In Matthew chapter seven. That passage, it's where he tells some, verse 23, And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work in equity. He never knew them, and they work in equity. They must surely be deceived. It seems that the way that Jesus Christ preached and taught, there are more headed for hell than for heaven. The world will tell you that God does not interfere. He allows man to make his own choice. He told Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, come down. He interfered. Lydia, the seller of purple, he opened her heart. <clears throat> Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. Now, he'd never met him before. That's plain if you read the whole passage there. Jesus entered into and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was a little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. It's obvious that Zacchaeus did not know him. And if you study throughout Scripture, what about Saul of Tarsus? He, the, the Almighty interfered. We can leave it at that. It's called the inward call. The Pharisees and the Jewish elite, Christ preached, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? And in another place in the Gospel of Luke, Christ said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. 
The reprobates that we read about in Romans chapter 1, they have no excuse. Do we read anywhere that God loves them? Romans 1.22 Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, to birds, to four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness, to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There in uh, verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and that's, we can see that worldwide. Man tries to put God out of his mind because Scripture is correct, and we believe it is. God owns us. He created us. We're his. And he has the right to do whatsoever. As we all know, we read nothing about God having to be fair. He owns all. If I have a million dollars, it's all mine. I can spend it however I want. I can burn it if I want. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He's done with them. Leave them to themselves. And that's a bad state to be in. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31, it's a very sobering statement. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. None can stay his hand. He does whatsoever he pleases. We live in a day that it's not proper or politically correct to offend someone, call someone an idolater. Well, our sins are offensive to God. If you tell someone they're an idolater, they'll have idols, but they'll deny that they're an idolater. We have to see ourselves as we have to have to examine ourselves, put out the sin in our life. When we think about God, his attributes, we wonder why he's mindful of sinful man. Why does he save sinners? And he does so by preaching. There are many that will tell you they believe in God well, yeah, we know that Scripture tells us in the book of James, the devils fear and tremble. But by their actions, we see no evidence that they're a saved person or one of the Lord's sheep. We also read in, in the book of James. Now, James is that book that's, uh, according to most, book of New Testament law keepers. 
James 1 and 18 tells us, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. He used the gospel. He begat us that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, if it was works of the law, this statement would not be true. Of his own will begat he us. If it was according to law, of our own will we begat ourselves. And that's not what it reads. When we talk about grace and the law, we're under we're not under the law, we're under grace. What was it he said about that I find it here in a minute about the the law? And incidentally, this book of James was written to I mean, look at how it starts. I can't find my yeah, the very first chapter the first verse I'll find it here in a minute James the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad that was the twelve tribes of Israel that's who this was written to now it's profitable for all but this was written to the twelve tribes of the Jews in the James chapter 2.23 And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. His faith. It talks about Rahab. She's justified by works. Now, you can only be justified by faith or by works. One or the other. You're not going to be justified by works. It's plain that if you look into the council at Jerusalem, James believed in salvation by grace. Man is religious by nature. But the real problem with man is that he invented envisions a God that is right in his own eyes. Man likes to think of himself as a free moral agent. He can determine his own destiny. Well, that's what the tempter tempted Mama Eve with in the garden. Ye shall be as gods. That's not so. There are many things we do not understand without Scripture. Why are there diseases and then there are remedies? Why are there poisons and then antidotes? Why are there mice then cats that kill and eat the mice? Why does God just not wipe all the bad out, leave the good, wipe out the spiders and things that we don't like? Well, look at his creation of the seasons. God made the springtime to start off everything anew. Likewise, he made the night to show each day's death. There in the book of Revelation, the very end of it, in chapter 22, verse 3 and 4. <clears throat> well, verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree, the tree of life, which bare 
twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of it of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. God promised the children of Israel that he would put none of those diseases upon them that he put upon the Egyptians. They had plenty of diseases. If there's any true healing, God does it. We consider the way God's prophetic word goes. There's coming a seven-year tribulation and a thousand years of peace, and after things have gone well for a thousand years, would any dare to loose the devil for a season? After all, he will be bound. That's exactly what the Almighty will do. God does all these things for his glory to show that man is, is helpless, to show man that man needs to observe and obey and follow every word of God. What was it that Christ, when he was tempted, told the devil, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's not word for word. Psalms 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear upon him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Now we're getting somewhere. This is what we hope in. We don't hope in justice. We, do you want justice? No, I can assure you, you don't want justice. Psalms 147.11 The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Yeah. Although we don't know the path, as Abraham said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Indeed, he will do right. Now, man, as I said, he, he likes the esteem of God like himself, and this is where many go wrong. When they say, I believe God does this, I, what does Scripture say? What does it declare? Psalms 50 and 21. Well, verse 19, Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. God's word tells us he will not give his glory unto another, and rightly so. Man's not worthy of it. The angelic beings are not worthy of it. If we have any virtue, any, anything good, it's because God imparted it to us. As God's creation was very good, man corrupted it. When God fixes it back, it won't be ever, ever become corrupted again. Scriptures tells us that God's ways are past finding out. Over in Romans 11, 
33. <laughs> Romans 11, 33. <laughs> oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counsel? Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed to him again? You cannot outgive God. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. It's all for God's glory. It's, that's why he chooses to, to save sinners. Much more we can consider. Why does God put some in Muslim families, some in Christian families? He puts us where we are. Some are born healthy, some are lost and undone. Some are born in poor health, some are born in good health. In the book of Ephesians, Chapter 1, verse 11. <clears throat> well, let's read the whole account here. Verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. It made him happy. He chose whom he would, to the praise of the glory of his grace, for his glory. For <clears throat> he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. We'll share in that kingdom, being predestinated according to the purpose of him that who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. None stays his hand. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. Man likes to be his own person, have his own place, do his own thing. Balaam tried to hire, Balak tried to hire Balaam to curse the children of Israel. Well, both of them were killed. That was man's doing. He's looking, the Brother Joe was looking at the sons of Jacob, how they slew the Sechemites. Now, the Jews practiced circumcision, which at that time was a big thing. 
it was to bring glory to the administrator of the circumcision. The type being circumcision of the heart, which God, the Holy Spirit, does. And of course, the Sechemites' circumcision led to their death, long story short. Were the Savior of life into life, the Savior of death into death. God does all these things for his own glory. Now, the greatest revival <clears throat> ever preached was about eight words, best I can tell. It's in the book of Jonah. Millions, millions repented in sackcloth and ashes. <clears throat> I can find Jonah. Jonah. <clears throat> if I can find it. <clears throat> Jonah chapter 3, verse 4. <clears throat> Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was it. And the people of Nineveh believed God. There were millions of people that did there. Now, perhaps you've heard about the Asbury revival. <clears throat> it's a hoax. All it was is a bunch of youth singing and all that went with it. No preaching. To preach a revival, you have to have a preacher. It has to be God's appointed preacher, just like Jonah was. They believed it. It's for his glory. Everybody would clearly say that only God could bring us about. Calling a fish to swallow up a man, then vomiting him out three days later. <clears throat> Greatest revival ever preached on the day of Pentecost. There were preachers. Peter preached a great message there. By the foolishness of preaching. If there's no preaching, there will be no success. And that Asbury revival has come to nothing. God chose to save man by the foolishness of preaching. Nothing that man can or is able to do by himself. Now, there are those that claim that they got people saved. <clears throat> Once again, if God does not work in the life of the sinner, they may make go through the motions, may make a decision. Romans chapter 9, verse 15. <clears throat> for he saith to Moses I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion it's God that showeth mercy 
It's not God's fault that the lost die in their sins. There will be nobody in heaven that didn't want to be there. And those that have no use for God's house now won't, would not have any use for his house in heaven. But in final analysis, God's crown jewel will never be lost again. Man likes to make a name for himself when he, we're put here to bring God glory. Man worships his own in accordance to his own ideas of how worship should be carried out. We take these things by faith. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 26, This is a purpose that is purposed upon the whole world. And this is the hand that stretches out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed it, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? That's the way God works. He works all things after the counsel of his own will for his own glory. And in final analysis, I guess you could say man was created and placed in a garden. When all is said and done, man will be placed back in a garden. That is, will be very good. That's all that I have.